lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! Hey everybody, welcome into a week three edition of Chargers Weekly. We are sponsored by Microsoft Surface, as always joined by Matt Money-Smith. As the Chargers get ready for Minnesota, looking for win number one. Uh, Money, this is not going to be a, a fan Q&A, but I did get a question uh, from Ty from Costa Mesa. I was wondering if you were going to put Prince up, uh, the picture of Prince up in uh, the, the radio booth. Uh, <laughs> since Jerry Reed, the snowman, did not work out last week. Yeah, I get well, you know, that might be uh, something that flies in the face of the folks in Minneapolis. I guess if I were to put a photo for me, while Prince is arguably the greatest musician that ever walked the earth, he's in the conversation, I would probably put a photo of Paul Westerberg up, you know, a little replacements action as my homage to the fine folks of of Minneapolis. Uh, Or maybe I know that, uh, you know, they kind of took a turn toward the pop sensibility side of music but uh old like and the horse they rode in on soul asylum uh maybe a little pernier action as uh, as well it would be but thought for sure jerry reed was going to help us out but alas we can only do so much in the broadcast booth we cannot play the game <laughs> you you did your part you did your yes. part uh, chargers losing overtime uh just kind of familiar in, in terms of the losses that we've seen out of this team as of late Money, it's yeah. tough to see them score 34 points in week one to score 24 points in week two against the Titans. You think that that should be well enough uh, to not turn the football over in both of those games yeah. and to be sitting here at 0-2. It, it's it's head-scratching. Uh, it's difficult to, I think, comprehend if you're a fan, especially this team has Super Bowl aspirations. And, and to be 0-2... Staring at potentially 0-3 or 1-2 is not the situation I think anybody saw themselves in at this point. Yeah, so, you know, 0-2, you can it's, – it's not great. 11, whatever it is, 11.7% of teams that start 0-2 end up in the, in the tournament, in the postseason. That's not great. 0-3, um, yeah, there's like one team in the last 20 years, like 20, 25 years, like one team that has overcome that. So it's a little different now with the, with the extra wild card, uh, with the 17th game. So I know that those numbers, you know, are probably going to skew a little bit more favorable for teams that start out slow. But, you know, you said it. You, you've got two games that you could have won, you know, that, that you can. And I know Brandon Staley pushed back on it, but I, I do believe there's something to it that there is something to late-game execution. Winners win, losers lose, and this team's got to figure out how to win. You, you have a lead against Miami, and you just need one defensive stop, and you can't get it, and then you get the ball back, and all you need is three because they missed the extra point to get the win, and you go three and – well, four and out because, you know, you get sacked twice on those four downs in the Miami game. And then same situation against Tennessee. You know, you have an opportunity to score a touchdown with no time on the clock to win the game, and you can't execute. And then in overtime, you go three and out. And, you re- you know, you allow a, a, a good return. You allow a big play on first down, and it's essentially over. Like, to me, there is something to that. I, I know that, you know, Coach Daly would disagree. And I, I know what he's saying. There were lulls. But there was – it was just a – it was a strange game. 
Chris from a lot of different, just sitting there in the booth with DJ, and I'm so fortunate to sit next to him and, and get to listen to him kind of analyze it as it's going on and try to figure out if we're seeing the same things, some things that he sees that we can't because he just sees so much more than we do. But just, you know, kind of the, you think about Coach Staley's first season and how he arrived, you know, and, and what the excitement was like, hey, here's a guy that gets it. You know, why are you punting from the opponent's, you know, when you're in plus territory at the 45 and you got a fourth and three, like, why are you, you know, and, and we saw that last week. It's like, wait a minute, you, know, you got Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Paul, like, you've got all these weapons and you're at their 46 and you're punting on a, on a fourth and four, it's, you know, it just doesn't, or fourth and two, you know, that was a weird, that whole, that series was strange, you know, and I know someone asked Justin about it. Uh, in his presser, and he said he didn't remember the play, but I remember it, and I think it was a check. I think he checked into a run to Elijah Dotson, and it was very confusing. It's a third and four, and, you know, if you got Josh Kelly, Joshua Kelly out there, he's a hammer. Josh a big back, and okay, you see something. You think maybe he's, it's first contact, and, and Joshua's averaging 2.7 after contact. I get it. I mean, okay, you, you liked what you saw, but Dotson's the smallest back on the roster. Like, that, that just doesn't doesn't connect you know you, you heard about Mike Williams like running the wrong router he's in the wrong position on that at third and time. 10 in overtime at the worst time bang it time out time out you've got it and Justin said he saw him running he just pushed him back and then the snap bang a timeout like it's that that's what I'm getting at you know it's like the the late game execution when you have to be at your best and the details have to be you know you have to put as fine a point on it as possible it's getting away from them. And I think that is something that, that is a little disconcerting because that's how you win football. Games are close. Teams are good. These things are going to come down to one or two possessions, and you've got to be able to execute in those moments. The ball was in Justin Herbert's and the offense's hand in two games, late in games, with an opportunity to win it. And for all the execution throughout the first three and a half quarters and really both of those games, I know that there were some lulls in Tennessee. Uh, it just looked like a completely different offense when it actually mattered there. Right. Um, and, and listen, you, you can put it on Justin. I think as the franchise quarterback, you expect the franchise sure. quarterback to come back and win you games and maybe bail out the defense. But I, I want to start fair. with the defense because the defense, when your offense scores and immediately Traylon Burks gets a 70-yard reception or uh, Chris Moore gets a 49-yard reception. I mean, th those are deflating plays that's not playing together. That's not being connected. And I, I know that Justin, uh, his, his numbers are good because he hadn't turned the ball over. Um, I, I want to get into Quentin Johnson and all, all these different wide receivers. There's a lot money, to get into. It's, it's, it's too much to get into right now. But let's start with the defense because sure. once again, Ryan Tannehill looked like he was going to be out of the league this year after week one. Frankly, I mean, three interceptions. Yeah, three terrible interceptions. Looked 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 really bad. It, you, you thought that this was a guy you could take advantage of in week two, get after him, force him into turnovers. Not only did he have any turnovers, 20 of 24, a rating of 123, 246 yards, a touchdown, an interception. They played that Titans bully ball. Mike Vrabel knows how to coach him up. And Ryan Tannehill played mistake-free. He looked like Lamar Jackson at one point running the ball in. Uh, it, it was just very deflating, I think, if you're a Chargers fan, to see the defense play the way it has the first two weeks. Yeah, so it's, you know, great observations, and there's a lot to unpack there. 
Um, this, gosh, I'm just trying to kind of keep it as, as level in the middle as possible. So yeah. something's going on on first down. The, these explosive plays are coming on first down. And there is, there's something, you know, we talked to on the, on the Believe show that's going to be on um, Bally's tonight. We talked to Chris Harris, you know, former Charger, played for Staley when he was in Denver, when he was part of Fangio's staff, played no for, yeah, you know, played for Anthony Lynn and Gus Bradley that first year he was here. And then Brandon Staley came in the next year. And he, you know, the way he described it was that there's a lot of rules. He's like, and, and I said, is there something to these things happening on first down? The Traylon Burks pass was on first down. The Chris Moore pass was on first down. You go back to the Miami game, so many of those explosives are on first down. And he said, yes. He's like, you're in base. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of handing off. He goes, and, and yes, there is something to that, I believe. So, so there's that. The, the Traylon Burks 70-yard completion is upsetting, but it becomes infuriating when you watch the play back and you realize that DeAndre Hopkins is also open 40 yards downfield. So you have Traylon that gets behind Asante, and if he doesn't hit that, let's say he's like, you know what, I don't want to, maybe Asante's going to close the gap. I'm not going to take that. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver on the team, who had 13 targets the week before, wide open in the middle of the field, 40 yards downfield. And if that's... If that's um, infuriating, then then what would it take it to the next level uh, and make you inconsolable is that the Chargers rushed four, and they've got seven back for a three-man route. You have got seven players in coverage for a three-man route, of which one guy has gotten behind the defense, and the and and the second guy is wide open, which means. You now have seven players, and one of the three people in the route is covered. Six people are not where they should be. So that's something that's got to get figured out. You know, that is something that has got to get figured out. And Brandon Staley was talking, Coach Staley was talking about leverages and knowing where your help is. And okay, but it's two games now. And it's happened, like you said, happens against Miami, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, the ball is out. Team had five sacks. They had a backup left tackle, or they had, a, they had a left tackle that was terrible against New Orleans, and he was terrible in that game, Andre Dillard, against the Chargers. You get five sacks. They had a backup left guard who could not block anyone. Didn't know he was supposed to block Kenneth Murray, who walked in for a sack. Like, you got five sacks. You, you have got to attack that part of the line to get that pressure immediately over and over and over again. And the secondary is not communicating. They're just not. They're, there are so many busted coverages out there. But money, nobody's new. Nobody's new in that secondary. Yeah. Right? This is the third year of the system. Nobody's new. There's no free agents in that secondary that are new. There are no rookies that you're relying no. upon right now. Eric Kendricks was not in that game, and obviously that's going to hurt them defensively. Kenneth Murray had his best game I've ever seen him play. He played the best game I have ever seen him play as a Charger. So, like, the yeah. whole Kendricks thing, oh, you don't have the leader of the defense. You know, Kenneth Murray Kenneth played. was awesome. He was awesome. He was incredible. Um, yeah, so that's... That's, you know, I heard what, what Michael Davis had to say, and I do think that's a valid complaint. Like, 
corner is a rhythm position. And the way that that they're trying to figure this out right now and and figure out who's, you know, that now they've announced that Ja's gonna play you know, is gonna play the slot. It's gonna be the nickel corner, and they've got three guys for two positions. Play them in the preseason. Figure it out in the preseason. That would be my comeback to that. If you don't know and you're not sure if J.C. Jackson's ready and if you want Michael Davis and J.C. or Michael Davis and Asante or Asante and J.C., play them in the preseason and figure it out. Don't why figure it out in week start, three. Why didn't he start the game? That's what And I, that's right. They, that, that Coach Staley said that they're still trying to figure out who the two guys are to play outside corner, and until they do, they're going to rotate them. And to me then – then you have to play the preseason. Yeah. Those guys, you've got the number one, you've got the, the starting offense of the 49ers out there. I want JC and I want Michael and I want Asante out there to, so I can evaluate and I can figure out, yes, hey, here's my starter and you're going to have to take it away from him. Like that's, yeah. that's a big problem to me. Let's, let's start with uh, some, some pluses or let's get to some pluses. Uh, sure. Joe, Joey and limited snaps got after the quarterback. Uh, I saw Popper tweet some uh, some plays of Khalil Mack getting after the run defense, which was great. Uh, Tuli Tuipilot, who's a player, he's 21 years old. He was unbelievable in that game. Unbelievable. What was it like game. calling that game and seeing what he was doing? He was wreaking havoc money. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. I mean, that's a, if that is any indication, it's a home run. It is a home, and remember, we talked about this in, when, when he was drafted. We talked about. I have, you know, we have this vision of Thule next to Bosa and Bosa playing on the inside and Thule next to him. And they were running stunts and it was on Dillard and Newman and they could not block them. And it was, and, and, you know, beyond that, like as great as the pass rush was for Thule, just the way he was wrecking their run game. He had a couple where he is firing through the line and he is on Derrick Henry in a split second and tackling him with great violence. Um, Thule, that's that's going to be fun. That's a heck of a rotation. And I love that Brandon Staley is is experimenting with all of them out there. That it's you know that it's Khalil and either Austin or Sebastian and Joey and Thule, and that's the four. It's it's a lot of fun to watch, and I'm very excited about that moving forward. Yes, that is a that's probably the biggest positive to come out of that game. Is here's a 21 year old guy in his second game against one of the most physical teams out there, and he was wrecking shop. Um, so, yes, that is a huge positive. Uh, more positives uh, offensively. They've, they've taken care of the football. Keenan Allen has hit the fountain of youth, man. Like, I, I know yeah. that he and Justin have, have great chemistry, but the way he played in that game, um, it, it just shows me that he is – He's really grown into not only just being a savvy vet, but just a, a leader, a lead by example guy uh, in terms of everything that he does on the field. Uh, the running game was not going to get going the way it did against Miami without Eckler and against a tougher run defense. Uh, but to, to see Keenan and, and the trust that Justin has in him, I think is a good thing. On the other side of the coin, I, I have not seen anybody – outside of Keenan and Mike really get going. And Mike, not even really. Uh, you know, Quentin and, and Joshua Palmer, 
You know, you've talked about the two wide receivers drafted after Quentin. Um, one of them is Jordan Addison. He's 11 catches for 130 yards and touchdowns. We're going to see him on Sunday. Zay Flowers leads the Ravens. Uh, he's their number one wide receiver right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, and I, I don't want to put this all on Quentin because this is, you know, Play you the coordinator, you have two really good wide receivers in front of him. Um, but I think we need to see a little bit more from the passing game money uh, starting in Minnesota. And that Minnesota defense will allow you to maybe get some explosives. I got to pull up because I, I did a bunch of stuff last night. So let me, like, this is what's sort of, and, and like you said, it's, we talked about this too, right? Josh Palmer's really good. Like, and that's when you said, hey, some of this has to go on Justin. It does. Because when you go back and watch the film, Joshua Palmer is being covered by Elijah Molden and he is roasting him over and over again. And there's just, there's not enough targets there. You know, on that final drive, and, and look, I know we get a chance to watch it from the all, you know, I'm watching and I'm going to put this qualifier in there, right? I'm watching it from the all 22. I am not watching it behind five, six foot five offensive linemen with defensive players flying all over the field. That's so that's something that you always have to qualify this with. Right. But I feel like through the course of the game, you ought to be able to recognize that Joshua Palmer is getting the better of Elijah Molden over and over and over again. And when you get into those critical moments, like they were at the end of regulation, you know, with that goal to go situation on first, second, and third down, like on that third down, or it might've been the second down. It was one of the two because he took the sack on third down and there was a lane for him to run through by the way. But like, I think it was on the second down. Joshua's just got inside leverage and he's got it. And it's just, and it's just those He's the Keenan thing's great, but you said it. It was kind of like Ryan Tannehill the week before, where he was just so locked in on DeAndre Hopkins that it affected the game. And I feel like when you look at Keenan, he's got 19 targets. 19. Now, Mike's got 18, you know, but I think when you have that type of advantage because they were down half of their secondary, Christian Fulton was hurt, Monty Hooker was out. So they're playing backups, and that's who they put on Joshua. I think those are the. The things you're talking about. And then you look at, at Quinton. He's played 32 snaps this That's season. not enough. Yeah. No. 27% in week one, 15% last week. And if you watch the if you watch the Keenan completion, the 42-yarder, um, or the, what was it, 50, yeah, 42 yards on the right sideline, that's made possible in part because Quinton drags the safety. The safety comes to help because of Quinton's speed, and he then pulls the over-the-top help. So now Keenan's got the one-on-one on the outside, and that was you know, partially a result of Quinton being on the field and using his speed to fly downfield and drag that safety. So, you know, if, if you know, Justin's taken six sacks now. If that's the case... Like one of the things we said about Quentin Johnson, it's like, okay, you're going to take him over Zay, over Jordan. And one of the things that was brought up was the yak. Oh, we can get, you know, this is the guy that we need for those just quick slants. Get the ball in his hands and let's get him to go. Well, let's do that. If Justin's been sacked six times, let's, I haven't seen that yet. I want to see those plays. I'd I'd like to see Quentin out there more, you know, especially against a team like Tennessee, you know, on that third and goal, Got everything packed and tight. It's like well, that's that's playing to their strength. That's not playing to your strength. They should have been empty with five wides. Their basketball team out there with Parham, Quinton, 
Mike, Keenan, Everett, spread them out and and use your basketball team. Like there, there's just and and the reason you you do this and you go through and you replay these specific plays is because the margins are so small. Mm-hmm. You know that it's it's one play is the difference between winning and losing. You know between making the playoffs and and having a disappointing season. Like so, those are the things. And and they see it, they know it. They're going back and they're looking at it, and, and they'll make their adjustments. But they just it needs to be better in game. Would you it, say 15, you know, 15% of the snaps Quinton played? 15% of the snaps. 1-5, yeah. He, he has three catches for 16 yards on the season. In a game without Austin Eckler, too, you knew this Titans run defense was going to be stout. Joshua Kelly, 13 for 39, three yards a pop. Uh, nobody else really got going at all. Elijah mm-hmm. Dotson, four for six yards. Uh, this is the type of game where I feel like you have to use that basketball team, right? You get Quinton out there 100%. more. Yeah, Justin threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns. I know. So here we are. I mean, Arden Key, I think Arden Key had 14 pressures the week before. Rashawn Slater pitched a shutout again. I think he had one, and it was on a stunt that he may have gotten dinged for as a pressure. Slater has now pitched a shutout two weeks in a row. Bradley Chubb, Arden Key. Again, Arden Key, I think, had four. I'd have to pull up my my chart with him to, to see what he had the week before. But I'm pretty it was crazy. He had like. It was nuts the number of pressures he had against the Saints. And Slater pitched a shutout. So when you got that going on and you can lock down that left side, you know you're safe there. So now you only have to focus on one half of the rush. It's like, you know what? I feel good about my backside. Now Zion has has had a couple hiccups. You know, that one sack, you know, Jeffrey Simmons just blew right by him. There have been a couple hiccups there. So I just I feel like there's I feel like so much of it is execution. You know, like there's just ways to execute better um, to win these games by three instead of losing them by two or three. Yeah, Late game execution specifically as far as the offense is concerned. And you mentioned those first downs that the defense has just given up huge plays both yeah. against Miami and Tennessee. Um, before we get into Minnesota and take a quick break, Money, I saw this stat. and it, It's these ridiculous stats, but it, it, when you see it, you're like, how, how did this happen? First team in the Super Bowl era to score 50-plus points in his first two games and not have any turnovers to be 0-2. Uh, yeah. So we preach taking care of the football. The Chargers have done that. Uh, I, I think as far as taking the ball away, they could not do that against Tennessee. They got a gift from Tua at the beginning of the game uh, in week one. The J.C. Jackson interception ended up actually hurting them because he ran the ball out. Herbert got sacked at the one. Tyreek Hill burnt him the next play. So it, we need to see more of the defense in, in terms of just taking the ball away, putting the offense in good position, like they did, frankly, against Jacksonville in the playoffs, <laughs> where they got three interceptions yeah. and, and five turnovers in that first half. Um, we haven't really seen that this year. It's just putting, a, putting together a complete performance, but I, I can't really put my finger exactly on where the problem lies because uh, one week – it's the defense giving up a ton of yards and uh, not being able to outscore Miami. The other week, it's an, another example of late game execution uh, for the offense not working out, and and the defense just giving up plays to to players that should not be getting seventy yard receptions. I mean, if I had to, if I had to put a finger on it, I would. I think the the easiest place to at least where I would start is the secondary. Is and I think there's 
look, there's myriad issues there. It's it's not as simple as Asante or Mikey Davis are you know are are giving up. You know they're they're pressing and they're not getting their hands on guys or they're getting shook at the line of scrimmage and guys are breaking free. It's not just it's not that. I know Michael Davis you know tried to take ownership of that, saying he lost him the game on that completion. You know things like that. That's not what it is. There's there's a number of things. One, as smart of a player as he is, as solid of a player as he is, you know, Aloe Gilman's playing free safety. It's not really what he is. That's not really what Lowe is. Lowe is more of a strong, you know, and Derwin, Derwin is exceptional in the box. Derwin is exceptional close to the ball. If you watch the, the snaps where he's playing high, they're considerably less effective. So, because, and he's not a free safety. Now, he is versatile and he can do so many things, but that's not his strength. That Nas retired and that JT Woods has not found his way onto the field is a huge issue because you're basically playing. They had Lowe lined up on that third and four opposite DeAndre Hopkins. It's a third and four. You've got to get that stop. You know, the, 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 the drive that put, you know, they're down four. They need a touchdown. It's a third and four. They're running, I think it was a bunch. Um, I don't think it was an override. I think it was a bunch to the left. And I think you've got Ja and Asante. And Lowe is standing 15, it's a third and four. 15 yards beyond DeAndre Hopkins, who is not fleet of foot. He's a good route runner. He's a great route runner. Has exceptional hands. But you give him that kind of room, and he's going to break it off. And sure enough, it's wide open for 15 yards. And it's like, how does that happen? You know, how how does that moment in that moment, and it's just like it was in week one, where you've got a third and 10, and somehow Ja is lined up opposite Tyreek Hill, one-on-one coverage. Derwin's up high, but he's not in the right place, and you get a 40-yard completion. It's like those, and those are the things that that lose you games. And so I think that's where I would start, is whatever is going on in the secondary, especially this week, with arguably the best receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. He leads the league in receiving yards. With a heck of a rookie in Jordan Addison, with one of the best all-around tight ends in the league in TJ Hawkinson, and with a speedster and a burner like KJ Osborne, they got that secondary has got to figure it out, or it's going to be more trouble. That's that's where I would start. I think that's where so much of this is centered. Is there are serious issues on the back end of this defense. So glass half full, they could easily be two and zero against uh, yeah. Miami and Tennessee. Half yeah, empty, just one stop. Half empty, you're zero and two against two AFC teams, um, and a must win on deck against Minnesota. We'll get into it next. All right, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers, that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. So, Monty, here we go. Minnesota on Sunday, uh, 0-2 as well. Uh, They played last Thursday night, so they're going to have about 10 days rest playing at home. Uh, You know that they want to desperately get a win as well. Uh, This is 
a matchup of two coaches who know each other very well, and Kevin O'Connell, Brandon Staley. Uh, you mentioned all those wide receivers. Uh, they just added Cam Akers to their backfield. I, I would assume that he will probably get some run on Sunday. Uh, Brandon Staley, very familiar with Cam Akers as well. Uh, this is going to be a game that I can envision being very high scoring, and I have no idea how the outcome is going to play out. I would assume he's going to play. That's why they traded for him. You know, they're dead last in running the ball. Uh, Madison has not been all that effective. Um, so they trade for Cam, someone that Kevin O'Connell worked with when he was with the Rams. Uh, they can pass the heck out of the ball. Uh, Kirk Cousins is is first in touchdowns, second in yards. Uh, Jordan Addison and, and TJ Hawkinson have two touchdowns apiece. I mentioned earlier, Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving yards. So they're second in passing. They're third in yards per play. Uh, we know Kirk Cousins, for whatever reason, takes a lot of incoming, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He, he, he is someone that will stand in there and he will take a beating to deliver what he knows is going to be, you know, uh, a completion or a touchdown throw. Um, so they're going to have... You know, it's going to be more of a Miami game. You know, the the Chargers defense is dead last against the pass, and they're going up against a pass offense that is second in the league. Um, now, the the Vikings can't stop the run. They are they they're not last. I think they're like 29th or something uh, against the run, and they can't run the ball. So, and last week the Chargers defense did a great job of shutting down the Derrick Henry run. Uh, a great job of doing that. So. I think more of that, more Thule, Joey, you know, the, the offensive line, you can get him. Derrissaw's a good tackle. He's, he's, a, he's a good tackle, but he's banged up, and he had to leave that game last week. And when Questenberry came in, the Eagles were able to get after it pretty good. So I think between, you know, Ezra Cleveland and who else is in there? I think O'Neal's in there, Ingram's in there. It's, it's an offensive line that can be had. You can get after it. So, you know, that's a, the, the thing is, is, you know, Cousins is just one of those guys. He'll take the beating. He will stand in there, uh, you know, and take the hit and take the shot to deliver the pass. And he's really good at it. So the coverage is going to have to be great. Um, and I would try to take a little bit of the air out of the ball. You know, that would probably be my uh, approach. I know we get excited about the explosives, and that's what you want to see when you have these kind of weapons. But to me, if they can't you know, if they're not able to slow down the run, I would like to see a, a lot of Joshua Kelly. I'd like to see more Isaiah Spiller. We say it every week. I don't, you know, there's, something's going on there. I don't know if he's just a bad practice player or something, but you know, I, I would. He's a big back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I'd like to see more of that this week. You know, they. I, it's not like Dotson got a bunch of running. He got four carries or something like that. But. Um, couple of them were costly. They were on short yardage situations, and he's not – Isaiah's got him by like three inches and 20 pounds. You know, to me, those are his carries. So I'd like to see more quarterback sneaks. You know, I, I just – I'm – I keep going back to that on these, these short yardage, you know, one and a half, two, ones. Like I want to see more quarterback sneak. I want to see Justin run the ball. I, I think you need to run him at least four times per game once a quarter, just to back the defense off, to plant that seed. We have not seen that yet, and we thought we were going to um, because we saw it in training camp a lot. We saw him take off with the ball, and, and that needs to be brought into this offense because I just feel like, feel like too many teams are playing on their toes, and I feel like the Chargers defense is playing on their heels. That's just mm -hmm. kind of the way it's looked through two games to me. So you have to – 
I feel like you have to fix that. Like that's that's sort of macro, right? It's like, hey, let's let's get that defense playing on their toes. Let's jam these guys at the line of scrimmage. Let's make sure we bracket Justin Jefferson. And let's get Thule and Joey and Khalil to have another game like they did. Morgan Fox has got the best pressure rate on the team. He's been fantastic rushing the passer from the interior. So let's get those guys moving forward. Let's get the corners moving forward. Jamming these guys. Jordan Addison's a great receiver. He runs exceptional routes. He's got incredible hands, but he's small. So jam him. Get your hands on him on the line of scrimmage. You know, and let's I do not want to see the Tyree kill defense. Uh, against Miami. Justin Jefferson, you are not covering him one-on-one. Commit a resource there, you know, an extra body, and make sure that he's not the guy that beats you. You know, Derwin versus TJ, that's what I would do. That's, to me, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, treat him like you treat Travis Kelsey when when Derwin's out there. That's what you do. So that's his assignment for the day. And just be aggressive, you know, And, and same thing with the offense. Let's get the defense on their heels. Let's get Justin Herbert taken off and running. It's like, all right, now we've got to account for all 11. Like, that's that's the sort of stuff. That's the big picture stuff I'd like to see in this game. And I think they can totally do it. I think they can do it and win a game that way. So we tape this every Thursday morning. Uh, I would assume Austin Eckler's not going to play in this game based on the initial injury report. Let's just, if he does, then it would be a pleasant surprise. Uh, Kendricks was a DMP Wednesday. Let's pretend that he's not playing either. So you would have uh, Eckler and Kendricks out of this game. I think Henley was a limited participant on Wednesday. Oof, that you, you would hope be that big. he can make his debut at some time. Money, you know, th- that would be a that would be a boost for the defense. But I think one thing to look for early in this game, and you could tell that the running game wasn't really going to get going against Tennessee in the first quarter. Like they, they just they, they were stonewalling them. Joshua Kelly, for as good as he played week one, they had a tough time week two. If they can establish the run with Kelly and, yes, Spiller. I'd like to see Spiller out there actually get into a rhythm. We talked to him in training camp. He said, you know, if he can get into a rhythm, he likes these downhill runs. I want to see the combination of Kelly and Spiller in that first quarter. And if if we can see four, five, eight yards a clip in that first quarter, you know that they're going to have a day in which they could run the football. And that's going to set up a lot of different things for your offense. Right? Exactly. And if if for some reason – you get stonewalled in the first quarter, we may be in for a shootout. We may be in for a shootout in Minnesota. And you have the the weapons on the outside to to at least try to match what the Vikings do best. Uh, I just I, I worry about uh, kind of this turnover luck because the, the, the reason the Vikings are 0-2 are because of the turnovers. They had three yeah. in week one. They had four, four lost fumbles in, in week two. So they're like minus six in the turnover differential. Um, you know that that's going to be uh, an emphasis for the Vikings is um, taking care of the football on Sunday. And that's what the Chargers desperately need to do is they need to, to force turnovers. Kirk will make mistakes. If you get that pressure yeah. on him with Thule and Bosa and Mack, you can force him into mistakes. But um, like you said, buddy, he, he's a gamer. Uh, he, he works at it. He works the film. And b- believe me, if if – Justin Jefferson is bracketed and double teamed and what have you. He'll find Osborne. He'll find Addison. Oh, yeah. He'll find Hawkinson. That's what Kirk does. So, uh, I and just, that's fine. I think that, that and to me, fine. Chris, that's fine. If that that's how you're going to beat us, not going to beat us with a 200 yard day from Justin Jefferson. It's going to have to be Hawkinson beating Derwin. It's going to have to be Jordan Addison winning one on one. You know the rookie, and it, like that's that's like you know last week. 
they committed resources to the line of scrimmage, and they said, Derrick Henry's not going to beat us. Ryan Tannehill, you're going to have to beat us. And he did. Money, and that's, who do they put on Jefferson? Who do they put on Jefferson? I have no idea. They've, yeah. they've already told us that they don't know. That's, that's the whole, you know, goes back to the whole preseason, figure it out kind of thing. Like, Michael Davis did not start that game in Tennessee. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he starts with Asante. I don't know if he starts with JC. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but but all I'm saying is I'd like to commit a resource. I, I I will commit the safety there, and let's make sure he is bracketed, and that those other those other options can you know if they're gonna if you're gonna lose that's how you're gonna lose. You're not gonna lose with Justin Jefferson going eight catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Like that's that would be my one. That would be the one thing that I that that's how I would approach it. The Chargers' last win was uh, New Year's Day against the Rams. Uh, Cam Akers had 19 for 123 yards in that game, 6.4 yards a pop. Didn't matter. Chargers won 31 to 10. Uh, right. But this is the this is another wrinkle. Um, you know, Cam Akers, he's a little perplexed why he wasn't playing uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I bet he gets his opportunity. And th- that that last ranked rushing offense. But with 10 days to prepare, I, I don't think you can you can sleep on them trying to at least try to run the football early on. Oh, yeah. No, they it's what they want to do. You know, that's just think about it. It's, you know, Kevin O'Connell is Kyle Shanahan. He's from the tree. Sean McVay, you know, they want to run. They, 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 they're, you know, you because they put up so many points and it's an explosive offense, you think it's a passing offense. It's not. It is it is predicated on wide zone and running the football. And that sets up everything. There's a ton of eye candy. You know, so that's another thing for the defense to think about. There's a bunch of motion, a bunch of different options, you know, at the line of scrimmage that they want you to be thinking about. Um, so it's, look, it's not, it's not ideal. It's, it's going to be, there's a team that won 13 games last year. Okay. I know a lot of, and they had a negative point differential and they got smoked in the first round of the playoffs. I know. But they won 13 games last year. They're very similar to the Chargers, to be honest, Chris. Like, when you look at their games against Tampa and Philly, with the exception of the turnovers. But, like, so here's the Tampa game. In the first half, they hold Tampa to five punts and a field goal until there's an explosive play to Mike Evans for a touchdown. They got burned on an explosive play, and that's how they scored that touchdown. You know, uh, does this sound familiar? Think about the two penalties last week. Like, that's details. And I thought Derwin got jobbed. He got absolutely jobbed on that personal foul penalty. He's yeah, trying to break up a pass. The ball arrives exactly, and he leads with the shoulder. And that, there's got, that's where the sky judge comes into play. That is such a huge call on a third and 15. They're out of field goal range. It's a fourth and fifth. Instead, it's a first automatic first down. He led with his shoulder. The receiver is not defenseless. Derwin is arriving as the ball is arriving. Um, and that gets flagged. But... The Sebastian, the Bash personal foul, that can't happen. You've can't got happen. to know. You, you cannot happen. do that on third down. So that's a field goal. That cost him four points. And then, you know, Kenneth Murray, even though you didn't really know because it was declined, that was that third and four. Yeah. And, it, you know, they complete the pass anyway, but he got flagged for a personal foul. And you can't, like, so that's, but I bring it up because that's what happened to the Vikings in that game against Tampa. They jump off sides on a field goal attempt. They get the first down and they score a touchdown. And like and then they lose the game, you know. You think about the Philly game, their defense is playing lights out in the first half and then bang. 
you know, 54-yard pass to Devontae Smith, 63-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, 43-yard run to DeAndre Swift. It's very, it's like looking in a mirror, man. (laughs) These two teams that are trying to figure out, wait, we're really good, but we're 0-2. and How are we 0-2? and Well, here it is. You know, it's a couple moments in the game that you lose by incredibly slim margins. And here you're sitting wondering, oh boy, this is a playoff game. At, at, you know, in week three, it feels like we're in the middle of a playoff game between two really good it really teams. Does. It really does. You know, yeah. Brian Flores is another element to this. I think Justin may have had his worst game against Brian Flores and the Dolphins his rookie season. You remember that game? I do. The, you know, obviously the personnel is different than, than yes. what than what Yeah, I mean, you don't have all the um, – uh, I'm trying to get it here. Um, it was 2020. I yeah, it was the it like, was the it was that or it was the um you could make the case for the Patriot game, right? That was like forty five to nothing or something. Yeah. Like it was those yeah. but those two games, you're right. Yes, the Dolphins did a number, did a number on them. Um but you know what? You just said it. Rookie season. Justin rookie older, season, personnel wiser. Different. Like that's those things aren't gonna happen to him anymore. Money money let's say they win this game and get to one and two. It doesn't erase the first two weeks and the slow start. But what can that do for a team to go on the yeah. road in one of the most hostile environments in football, get a road win, and just say, okay, now this is where we got to go. Like, this is like wake-up call happened against Miami and Tennessee. Now it's time to go beat the Raiders. Well, I, what it does is it reminds you that, okay, be nice to be 2-1 and one instead of 1-2, and two, but we have yet to play a division game. And now you got the Raiders coming, and now you can go 1-0 and zero in the division, get to the bye at 500. You're one and zero in the AFC West, and that is that's the path to the playoffs. The best path to the playoffs is to win your division. And you still have six games against the teams in your division. And you win all six of those, and you're probably gonna punch your ticket to the postseason. So that's all still in front of you. And the Chiefs have not been impressive through two weeks. The Broncos are zero and two, having lost two home games. They're deep one in division. They're, everything's a mess, you know, it's, and, and then you've got a, a, a Raider team that just got blowed out by Buffalo, uh, and is a little beat up and they're already starting to ask questions. So like, it's okay, this is, this is doable. You're one and two, you're off the schneid. You got the Raiders. Let's go smoke them at SoFi and, and feel good about being one of the best offenses in the league and having weathered a bit of a storm at the start of the season and figuring out a defense, you know, that has a ton of talent on it. And it's time for that talent to play up to its reputation. You know, there's a reason why people pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl every preseason because they look really good on paper. So now let's look really good on the field and believe what we all believed prior to the season starting. But you got to get that win because zero and three, I want to think about it, man. I don't no. even want to think about it. No, no. You know, just to give Chargers fans some comfort, and it's hard, right, when you're 0-2 and you go back to the end of last year, but every single team will have adversity this year. It's going to yeah. come in the middle of the season for some. It's going to come at the end for others. It's going to come at the beginning for other teams, like the Chargers. I remember the Bengals started 0-2 last year, turned it around, and – did their thing. Um, you can only hope that the adversity that the Chargers uh, will face has already happened and they can get back to what I think everybody thinks they're capable of. 
Yeah. Money, we talked about so many different aspects of this matchup. If you had to kind of button it all up and put it in, into one sentence or one theme, what is the key to beating the Vikings on Sunday? Defense. I, I have confidence in the offense. Offense is going to score points. The, you know, to me, I, I think this offense is going to look good against this defense. It's up to the defense, and it's going to—it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. It's a great coach. It's a great quarterback. It's great weapons, um, but the defense has got to button it up, prevent the explosive plays. You know that—that that to me is—I know that's not something specific, but. It's it, that that's what it is. You know, the offense played, even though they had a little bit of a lull there, the offense played well enough to win that game in Tennessee. You know, it's a 70 yard pass to Traylon Burks. It's a 44 yard pass to Chris Moore. That shouldn't happen. And you should win that game. And I think that's what you got to do in this one. Defense has got, they just, they have to play up to their reputation and to their personnel. And because it's execution, it's, it's, this is now two weeks in a row that we've talked about, oh, what happened on that Tyree kill pass? JC was supposed to be playing, was supposed to leverage him to the inside. He played it wrong. You know, his help was inside, and he, he, had, his, he had the wrong like, – don't want to hear it. That's the stuff that's got to get cleaned up, um, and you'll win the game. You know, I think if that gets cleaned up, I think they'll win the game. You know, to me, they're the better team. Um, they're, they're charged with the better team in this one, uh, you know, much like they were the better team against Tennessee. You know, Miami, you could make a case top to bottom on the roster. Maybe it's as good. Maybe they're a little better top to bottom. Um, could not make that case in Tennessee, and I don't think you can make the case here. So you're the better team. Go out in there. Go out there and win. Execute and win. Yeah. I, I think big plays come in waves on the road uh, on, on, in route to winning a football game. And it's not – if Justin Herbert throws a 55-yard a touchdown to Mike Williams, uh, on the next drive, Darwin James is going to have to make an interception. Or, or Khalil right. Mack's going to have to get a strip sack. Like, the momentum in football is crazy. And when, when you are all connected, uh, it can lead to really good things. So I, I don't think we've seen the offense and defense really play off of each other in, in a good way so far this year. And, you know, just the, the example is that you score and then Traylon Burks for 70 yards. Uh, you score, Tyree Kill uh, burns you on the next play. You know, it's, it's – uh, something where this team has to be connected in all three phases. And yeah. you hope that, that Sunday is the day that the Chargers finally get that first win. So um, let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I think maybe we'll do a little fan mailbag here at the end of the month uh, after this game and uh, kind of recap the first three games of the year in route to uh, Raider. Be week. careful so, opening that mailbag on Raider week, Chris. I don't know what you might find in there. I know it's going to be <laughs> spicy. <laughs> It's gonna kind of be not suitable for. You may have to put your uh, your headphones the in explicit at work. tag. Yeah, yeah. Hey, put your headphones in at work if you're listening to the pod next week. Exactly. All right, guys. For money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. Enjoy the game.